Today, we've got a great story from somebody who went from being a rocket scientist to now running a large Amazon agency and running a lot of his own brands. And he's going to give us all of the latest strategies as far as PPC, Amazon launch, and even Walmart. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Want to keep up to date with trending topics in the e-commerce world? Make sure to subscribe to our blog. We regularly release articles that talk about things such as shipping and logistics, e-commerce in other countries, the latest changes to Amazon Seller Central, how to get set up on new platforms like Newegg, how to write and publish a book on Amazon KDP, and much, much more. Check these articles out at h10.me forward slash blog. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Series Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got somebody here who's been helping serious sellers out there for years, Vincenzo. <laughs> How's Thank my you, Bradley. How you <laughs> How's it going? You're actually in the UK right now? Yes, I live in the UK, in London, but I'm from Italy, as you can say from my name. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, by, by the way, you know, my, I think I told you this before, but my favorite uh, I, or one of my favorites, you know, uh, Korean dramas. I, I watch tons of Korean dramas, um, like I probably watch 100 in the last few years. But one of the top five is one from Netflix, and it was it's called Vincenzo. Um, I know, I know. A Korean guy who I, was born in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we got a team in, in Asia and, and they told me, they always tell me, oh, this is happening right now in the in the series and all that. And it's like, it's crazy that there's this guy that's very famous called Vincenzo, but yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. But so you were born in Italy, in Naples, you had said? Yes, I was born in Italy, in Naples. When I was around three, my family uh, moved for business purposes to Venezuela. South America. That's why I just speak that's Spanish. That's why you speak Spanish, because I know you've come yeah. on a Spanish podcast before. Okay, now yeah. things are so. coming into a picture here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I went to Venezuela, lived there 15 years, and then unfortunately, with everything that happened with the country, I left the country, and from there I went to the U.S. I, I lived close to when you're in New York. Then from uh, New York, I went to Toronto another year or so, and then mm -hmm. from there uh, I, I chose uh, the UK to pursue like my undergraduate degree and my master's, which is completely different from what I do. Which is what, 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 what did you? Uh, what were you studying? So I, I studied aerospace engineering, and I specialize in everything in terms of control systems and computer science behind um, turbines. Yeah. <laughs> behind. Okay. So then, <laughs> did you ever work in that uh, after you got your yeah. degrees? So actually, I, I used to work for Rolls-Royce. Uh, you know, Rolls-Royce is very mm -hmm. well known for cars, but actually their biggest, is, one of the biggest uh, revenue streams is making turbines for airplanes. And they had a, a manufacturing facility here in Derby, which Derby, the easiest way to find Derby in the UK, if you put a finger in the middle of the UK, that's Derby, is the most centric city in the whole UK. And I was working there. I worked there for two years. Yeah, It's kind of like being a rocket scientist in work, yeah. right? If you're yeah, a turbine engineer. Yeah, we could okay. say that. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, I'm sure that's a good paying job. Uh, yeah. What then inspired, like, were you, did you start doing stuff on the side while you were working there, like getting into e-commerce or, or how did this, this happen? 
Yeah, so the thing is, I love engineering. I love everything when it comes to space, all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, because I come from a family that is very business oriented, it, it reached a point that, you know, it was getting that I wanted more freedom in terms of location, in terms of time, mm-hmm. in terms of how much money I could do. And I remember looking online, uh, that was ar- around 2017 or so, uh, you know, ways of doing money online. And that's how I came into contact with Amazon. And then from there, I started using my part of my salary as an engineer mm-hmm. to basically just try things on Amazon, sell products and so on. And from there, I started selling multiple products, uh, the brands and everything. So, and that, which marketplace it, did you open up uh, in? So I started first in the UK, then expanded okay. to Europe and then also US. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was the uh, first product you sold? So the first product, which then it was became very saturated, it was you know these elastic bands to do like exercise. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, super saturated. And I will never advise <laughs> anybody here in this podcast to do that product. But you know, at that time it wasn't that saturated. That was one of the first products. And from there, you know, I, I started selling products, and eventually I was making more money by selling the actually my engineering job. And from there, you know, that was also the period when all these Amazon events conferences were becoming a thing in, in Europe and, and the USA. So what year are we talking about uh, right now in your story? So we're talking 2018, around that. 2018, okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then from there, I started going to events or so, and then I realized, you know, actually, I could also make money uh, basically supporting brands and also business owners because I realized there were a, a lot of people going to these conferences. They had an amazing product, an amazing brand, which is difficult to do. They did the most difficult part, but they didn't really know how to operate, right? And and from my experience of being a seller, then I say, oh, actually, there is a, a another opportunity here, and that's how I also founded a CAMC, where we're basically a full a Amazon, and now actually also Walmart, a full brand management agency. So yeah, it's been a journey. <laughs> okay, now have you all throughout this time? Did you keep your own private label accounts going and still selling yourself, or you just switched a hundred percent to just doing the agency? Yes, I keep selling. Actually, I also doing a little bit of the wholesale approach as well, working with uh, some direct manufacturers. And something I'm also very excited about, which I'm, I'm on the work of doing, I'm also going to explore the vendor world. So I'm working with some partners to also do the vendor program, like with some brands we're working with, bringing from overseas. So yeah, I'm still a, a seller, but I would say where I'm spending most of the time, to be honest, is with agency. We've been growing quite fast the last couple of months. And now I'm more focused on building the teams, uh, 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 all the processes, and making sure we're basically giving the best service and, and results to our clients that trust us. You know. Yeah. Okay. Now, from when you started on on Amazon, you know, 2017, 2018, around there, did you start using Helium 10 from day one, or, or you started later in your career? So I remember when I started, my first actually tool was Viral Launch from my mm-hmm. close friend Casey Gas. Uh, yeah, Viral Launch. I started with that, and then I remember after you know listening uh, many gods with uh, AM PM podcast, which yep. was basically the biggest uh, podcast at the time, and still uh, right now one of the biggest. Uh, Manny announced that you know that he was bringing Helium Tame, and I started playing with it. And to be honest, since then I switched completely to Helium Tame. Uh, and that's the tool I use for all my businesses and also for all our clients. Uh, and, and in fact, we're actually working uh, with Helium 10 to do some interesting case studies. Uh, looking forward to that. But yes, we've been using Helium 10 for everything from Edison. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Now, um, in your experience selling, uh, where what marketplaces have been the strong? You know, you, you obviously started in the UK, mm-hmm. but 
uh, what marketplace would you say is strongest for you now? So I would say the strongest are for sure the US and the UK. Those are the strongest. And I think if you talk to a lot of sellers, that's usually the norm. Uh, because, you know, those are some of the biggest markets. Uh, Germany is also an interesting one. I've been seeing traction, but honestly, the US and UK are the, are, are the ones we're seeing the most activity. And also with some of our clients, the same. Yeah. How, how do some of your strategies differ? Because, you know, um, I mean, fortunately for people selling in USA, unfortunately for those in Europe, there's a lot of features like in Seller Central, you know, that, that US has uh, uh, available but that either Europe doesn't have, you know, like I don't think Europe has virtual bundles, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so like things. Uh, mm -hmm. What are some of the big, the, the biggest differences you say because of things like that, where your operations, you know, whether it's your account or your client's account, where it, there, there's some huge differences in how you operate uh, an Amazon USA account versus an Amazon uh, Europe account? Yeah, so I would say one of the, the the big benefits of operating in the U.S. and also in, in Europe is that a lot of the strategies that right now we're implementing, let's say in the U.S., they haven't arrived yet in terms of uh, either in the form of knowledge to content or in the form of actually, you know, a tools through the Amazon platform itself. So the nice thing is that when things are happening in the U.S., usually Europe is six months to one year behind in mm -hmm. some of these things. And we can prepare our clients for that and make sure that as soon as they become available in Europe, Europe, we're the first one to to take advantage of, of, of some of those those tools. So, I think in terms of strategies, of course, the US is a is another animal altogether. I mean, the US is much more a professional marketplace in terms of the players that are actually uh, um, selling there. It's much more complex. Uh, we see all this huge uh, influx of money that came during the basically aggregator yep. space. And we have all these big companies with hundreds of employees basically 24 seven when it comes to Amazon. And the US is, is definitely a very tough market, I would say right now, to, to start selling from zero. Where in the Europe, that's not the case. Actually, in Europe, we will see much easier for some of our clients to penetrate certain niches than the US. And that's actually been a key for a lot of our clients and the way we actually structure the strategy. Because what we're doing with a lot of our clients is that the ones that are struggling to the US, we've been bringing them to Europe and we actually open all the pan-European program and so on. And with that approach of diversification and actually finding these on top areas, they've been seeing a better resource that actually only focusing in the US. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, um, you know, one of the, I was just looking at, at your listing on the uh, hub.helium10.com, you know, that, that's where yeah. we have like uh, agencies and, and people who are part of our network and and you guys are actually one of the very few Helium 10 certified agencies in the world. That's right. I was, I was looking at your, your your page on there, and it says, you know, one of your specialties is Amazon launch. So right. what are some of your, you know, launch strategies? Are, are you pretty much using PPC for launch? Are you relying on outside traffic? What's, you know, I, I, we could spend a whole episode talking about this, but what are some <laughs> of the, the highlights of your uh, launch strategy? Yeah, something that's been working very uh, well for us is using a uh, brand analytics data to basically uh, understand which are the main keywords we need to focus towards launching. I'm going to give you a very simple example for this. So the issue when it comes to launching is that people sometimes think it's all about generating sales uh, at all costs and, and being negative for X amount of time until you get a potentially rank organically on certain keywords. But we have identified that lately Amazon has been very uh, heavily focused when it comes to ranking in conversion rate, right? So what we've been doing when it comes to launch is that uh, first of all, we need to, of course, identify 
identify the top 10 keywords that bring the most revenue to uh, our competitors. And you can easily do that with Helium 10 by doing a reverse async with Cerebro. We find which are the keywords where these competitors are ranking on page one because we know that 70 to 80% of revenue comes from those keywords. Once we identify those uh, 10 keywords, we then also, by using uh, brand analytics, we want to identify what is the average, uh, for example, conversion rate of our competitors on, on some of these keywords. And once we understand uh, the conversion rate, that's when we start uh, strategizing the, the launch phase because something that we usually do when it comes to PPC, and then I'm going to come back why the conversion rate is very important, is that we only start with exact match campaigns and we only start with the top 10 keywords. The reason for that is because because when it comes to launch, and I see this a lot uh, across multi- a lot of people when it comes to content and events, and a lot of people actually migrating towards this strategy, uh, is that uh, the time the idea of actually launching phrase broad automatic and all these broad campaigns from day one is actually not efficient because first of all. When you're launching a product for the first time, uh, Amazon has no data at all or doesn't have any real relevancy history attached between certain keywords of the category and your product. And what happens, and in fact, you can do this test by going to Amazon when you launch a new listing. If you go and create, for example, a campaign on, on for phrase uh, abroad uh, and look for even suggested keywords, you're going to see that tab is empty, right? The reason why Amazon cannot even suggest a keyword in the first place is because it has no history. So why would you give free basically a window to amazon to spend your money by the way do you know how to do that how to check that in helium 10 Uh, in what sense the keywords no that what the amazon uh thinks is relevant to your listing for advertising i'm going to drop a Uh, knowledge bomb on those give you a chance first all right so Uh, you you put your you put your asin once it's once you have it active or even if it's not active you can do this you throw it into cerebro and yeah. most people, you know, 99% of people who use Cerebro, they are right. doing it in order to just see, hey, like, I just want to see where it's ranking organically or sponsor mm-hmm. or whatever. And that, 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 there's nothing that's 100% right. You know, that, that's what you should be doing. But fill, when you have a brand new listing, it's not going to show anything for organic and sponsor right. because it's just yeah, new. Yeah. So you filter it for Amazon recommended and then mm-hmm. sort it by the rank, Amazon recommended mm-hmm. rank. And the one that's number one, we're actually pulling that from the Amazon API Nice. In the advertising API of what score it gives that keyword. So then if you have trouble like like getting impressions, it's like like you just said, it's probably yeah. because Amazon doesn't think you're relevant. And so if That's you want right. to know what Amazon thinks of your new listing, put into Cerebro. We're pulling from that Amazon advertising API. And then you could see, look for rank one, two, three, four, five, because that, those are the highest keywords. And I I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was launching this, um, you know, one, one of these socks as one of these tests. Okay. And it's about bringing me um, like coffee, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, because it's a sock, like I couldn't get anything for for like coffee keywords in I advertising, see. even though it was, a, I mean, a hundred percent, like the number one keyword yeah. for this is bring me coffee socks or something. So I, I I threw it into Cerebro, and I was like, there was nothing about coffee. It was just all like <laughs> just regular socks or men's yeah, socks. Yeah. And so that's how you can tell what Amazon thinks is is relevant. Uh, all right, go, go ahead. That's very interesting. But I like no, that. Is, I like is that it's very interesting, and actually, to also add on top of that tip, we also need to ensure, of course, to that work efficiently to make sure you have a very optim- very well optimized listing. Because if you didn't do a very well optimization in terms of the keywords yep. you put on the listing, yep. or even choose the right subcategory, which is a huge mistake we see all the time, 
then you could Amazon or could actually recommend the wrong keywords because you don't have the right subcategories or the right keywords in the list in the first place. Yep. Um, but now going back to uh, the PPC, yes, mm -hmm. uh, we do only exact match uh, campaign keywords because we want to make sure we force basically uh, the system to build the relevancy between which are your top keywords and and uh, to Amazon. So Amazon understand and create that, that history link. And mm -hmm. while we're doing these very aggressive exact match campaigns, we keep a very close eye on the conversion rate, right? Because well, when you say very aggressive, like what is that like? Like, are you trying to make a bid that's going to get you only search. at top of search? Okay, cool. that's right. Yeah, and what we do as well to basically uh, in spike our conversion rate, we go with a very aggressive coupon. So we do like a 30, 40 percent mm. coupon mm -hmm. because we need to understand that when the listing is new and you have no reviews, you basically yep. need to find a way to make it a no brainer, a deal that somebody will yep. say, OK, this product has one thousand reviews. This one has zero. But what do I prefer to spend fifty dollars or spend twenty dollars on something very similar? Right. So that's the thought process you need to to do as a, as a brand owner. And that's what we do. And by making the uh, very aggressive price reduction, then we keep very uh, close uh, eye on our conversion because then by using brand analytics, and we do this on a weekly basis, we want to make sure that our conversion rate on a specific keyword is very similar to what the top sellers uh, are doing those keywords because that's how Amazon, they're saying, okay, this product is actually a catching up or having similar performance at the top sellers and actually deserve a spot on, on the first page because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is very important and the reason why I keep emphasizing this is because I see a lot of people only focusing on sales and sales at all costs but what's the point of having all the sales that you want by being on the negative X amount of thousands of dollars if your conversion rate is very bad then you build a very bad history for your product and it's going to be very uh, uh, difficult for you to then build that organic ranking uh, back again so that's the perfect first part of the launching. The second thing that we do is we, we bring some kind of external traffic into the formula, right? So the way we do this is first a factor we've, we've been playing around is with influencer marketing. So usually we try to uh, uh, build like a, a, a group of five to 10 influencers that are very, uh, um, basically have a very um, warm audience around that specific product and we try to come into some kind of agreement when it comes to uh, bringing that external uh, traffic especially if we have the brand referral bonus because with the brand river, uh, referral bonus we get up to 10 percent which most of these influencers if you use only the amazon influencer product they get two three percent at max yep. And you can do a very nice setup where they make more money uh, and at the same time they reward you with that external traffic and, and by having a very warm audience which by the way what we do in between to filter the traffic we do a landing page uh, is to make sure that the traffic that comes from external converts very highly and again we spike that conversion rate and amazon also sees that uh, as, as a way to rank uh, your pro higher so by combining very aggressive ppc on very relevant keywords making sure you're converting very high on those keywords by being very aggressive with pricing then uh, using external traffic which is external traffic i gave the example of influencer but you can also do an email list you can do even a google advertisement there are so many other ways it depends on your niche of course, I think those are usually the two approaches most people should be doing nowadays to rank your product a uh, high organically uh, as soon as possible. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, you, you talked a lot about conversion rate, uh, you know, during launch and, and after, and obviously the one that you know spikes in the first part is, is just having that super low price, yeah. you know, where, where it makes it a no brainer. But then obviously, you know, you could have that low price, and if you have a garbage listing, your conversion rate is going to be low. Mm, and, and at the same time, you raise the price to regular. 
you know, potentially your conversion rate could go down. So like what kind of listing optimization things are you doing to try and make sure that, that, you know, your conversion rate always stays pretty high, even at a regular price? Yeah, something that we do a lot is we use uh, the tool within Amazon to do split testing, and we play a lot mainly with the with the main image. That's the thing that we see spiking the most the conversion rate. And thankfully, uh, with AI, it's very easy now to come up with new images in a matter of seconds, right? Uh, just by having the right prompts and using many tools out there. So what we do is basically we always keep uh, during the launch phase when it comes to uh, Let's say we have a very aggressive pricing and then slowly we're going to start increasing the price because, of course, we want to start getting the profitability. We start doing a lot of split testing with the main image and the title, which are usually the things that we see affecting the most, at least the initial uh, results page, which is what people see the most. And we do usually the split testing could last usually between a window of one week to two weeks uh, periods. And we test different angles, uh, different shadowing, uh, size of the main image with the packaging. Uh, sometimes even the the, um, the the contrast of the colors. And these are things that we keep testing on a week or two weeks period to see if the conversion rate spikes or doesn't spike. And then that's how we keep doing split testing. Then after we actually have found the best like image because it reaches a point after doing a lot of split testing that you're not gonna have a lot of fluctuation on your results. Then you start testing other things such as the title, then you can even do split testing within the listing itself. And always keep an eye that your conversion rate is close to the standard of what your competitors are doing, because if you keep that conversion rate within those standards, your organic rank is going to stay stable, uh, right? And what most people uh, have seen, which is they go to first page because they do all these hundreds of sales to maybe rebates, which is not allowed, or external traffic and so on. But once they stick on first page, they don't stick the landing because of what? They don't have the conversion rate, which is very important. Yeah. So uh, to look at your competitor's conversion, are you talking about like at the keyword level? So then are you looking at search query performance to look at your that's competitor's right. uh, conversion rate? Okay, That's right. How, so that's how else how are you do. using uh, search query performance? You've mentioned it a couple of times, you know, now, is there yeah. any other uh, ways that you're, it's in your, your kind of SOP to, to manage the effectiveness of a listing? Sure. Another thing that we have a close eye is the basket analysis. So we usually like to understand if people after buying a certain product are buying other uh, accessories or things like that, because then if we identify a strong pattern when it comes to the basket analysis, what we can do with that is basically a we can say, okay, these certain competitors uh, keep getting a, a, a purchase uh, in the same uh, transaction. Let's actually do some pro targeting, heavy pro targeting on these products because there's definitely a link there and we can leverage that. And usually if you identify the right, uh, you know, matching between data, we have found a, a good use of that data. Another thing that uh, you can use uh, brand analytics to is to also understand how your conversion rate uh, throughout the, the funnel improves, right? From the impression to the actual uh, add to cart to the actual purchase, right? So if usually uh, throughout the whole channel, uh, you see that um, you're having some kind of a uh, downwards in, in, in terms of conversion, like people add to cart, but then for some reason, then they're not making a purchase. That's usually a red flag because if they went all, all the way to the funnel and, and then they're not actually converting a purchase, it could be an issue of pricing usually. 
Uh, so then we start playing with pricing. But if the opposite happens, like throughout the whole funnel, impressions are relatively low, then actually from those impressions, the conversion becomes higher in terms of add-to-car. And from that add-to-car, the purchase conversion is much higher. That means the issue is that we're not pumping enough traffic into this listing in the first place. So that's when we decide, actually, we need to put more money uh, and scale our advertisement. So that's usually some of the sort of process we do with brand analytics. Yeah? Okay. Now, for, for your own brands or for your customers' brands who come to you and say, hey, we'd like to, you know, launch some new products, um, how, how are you doing, you know, what are some of your product research methods? Like, how are you finding, you know, product line extensions or, or new opportunities, uh, whether it's a brand new brand or, or, or looking at a brand where, hey, you know, we want to add a couple of SKUs, what are some of your methods for finding opportunity? Yeah. So one of the things, uh, well, Helium 10, of course, we, we're using Blackbox for that. So you can find a, amazing uh, ideas there when it comes to accessories uh, throughout the, the whole catalog of tools that Blackbox gives you in terms of finding competitors or accessories and things like that. That's one way of doing it. The second way that we do it uh, is basically by using brand analytics, just to make a quick point on this again, which is using the, the basket analysis and see if there is some kind of accessory that people keep buying with your product. Like let's say you're selling vitamin C and then you see every single person to buy vitamin C buys magnesium. There's a correlation there. So maybe you're missing magnesium in your supplement lineup. Let's try a magnesium. And then when we launch magnesium, we use, for example, sponsor display, a type of target a advertisement. And we retarget vitamin C clients because we have seen from data that people that buy vitamin C realistically could buy also magnesium. So that's usually a top process that we can also do. Then the third thing that we can use, we actually will be doing that a lot, and I'm going to be speaking on a conference next week about this, is using AI. AI has been amazing for this because usually what we can do with AI as well is, that, for example, one simple way of doing this, you can now with the AI analyze the reviews of a specific niche, and you can tell, let's say, this AI, tell me what are the top things people love about this niche, things that people hate about this niche, a specific product, and things that people potentially would like to see on a product then. And then with those ideas, you could try to come up with a new variation and maybe a new functionality, a new feature that is lacking on the market. And that's usually it's been working very well because then once you have uh, some ideas drafted uh, that the AI throws at you, then you could even keep using AI to give you ideas in, in terms of how you how you can even start the manufacturing process, the launch process, how you could do the branding. Uh, AI has it, it, been amazing for that. Okay, cool. Uh, what's a, a Walmart strategy? You, you can say, you know, a lot of people are reluctant, maybe, you know, sometimes to sell on Walmart, mm -hmm. you know, but, but, you know, Carrie even has some products that she sells more on Walmart than she does mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. Amazon. Of course, that's not the, you know, that's more the exception, not the rule. <laughs> yeah, that, that, but yeah. regardless of if a product is a home run or not, I'm sure you have, you know, a couple go to strategies maybe you're using for Walmart. Yeah. So when it comes to Walmart, I totally agree with you. So, not all the pros that are, are working on Amazon will work on, on Walmart in the first place. So something that you need to do is, is first do a, a market analysis on Walmart as well. And thankfully, you know, Helium Time has amazing tools when it comes to Walmart as well. So you can analyze the search volume of certain keywords. You can see where the uh, relative uh, revenue that some of your competitors, uh, potential competitors are doing Walmart. And then from there, you can make uh, a basically an, uh, a strategy and an educated basically projection of if it's going to be a good market or not for you. What I will say about Walmart, and this is something I'm very excited because, uh, you know, in the last couple of months, we became official partners with them. We're one of the 
only agencies, top uh, only 20 agencies are working directly with them and we're one of them and because we're having a lot of meetings with them and, 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 and things in, in the back end. Something that I feel uh, people is missing warmer is I understand that we come from the Amazon space and, and everybody's always uh, in love with the seven figures, eight figures and all that kind of stuff. And because they don't see that now and warmer sometimes they, they step backwards and, and they don't do it. It's warmer right now because of, of the patterns I'm seeing. The, the the numbers I'm seeing and everything is like 2014-15 Amazon, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe you're not going to do the same amount of money that you do on Amazon. And maybe you you could imagine that, yes, you're going to dilute your efforts by going to Walmart. But I can definitely guarantee you that uh, Walmart, if you jump right now, you're going to have the early move advantage. We're talking about some of our clients that are paying 2 to $3 on CP, uh, CPC on Amazon, when we bring it to Walmart, we're paying sometimes 50, 70 cents, right? That's a huge difference. The competition is much lower. And because we already have that, you know, brand, uh, Amazon brand, that, you know, the Amazon brand is like a survival brand. We know all these tricks are right about PPC, how to do some kind of bidding and all that. And Walmart is only in baby steps compared to Amazon. If you bring that experience and you bring that, um, especially a very good product, I think uh, you're really set for success because Walmart are doing amazing things in the back end. Very exciting things are coming. And I think it's really the, the only one I see right now in the market that can compete with Amazon. So definitely uh, give it a try for sure. All right. So what I want to do now is, you know, as an agency, you know, you you have so much experience with, with a, a, a lot of sellers. So I'm going to do one one f- negative and then we're going to go <laughs> one positive. But the negative, you know, you don't have to mention any names or, you know, throw yeah. anybody under the bus here. What what is the craziest, stupidest thing that you have seen one of your clients was doing? Like, like you know, because that always happens. You, you onboard a client and you, you got to take a look at their account and see mm-hmm. what their strategies have been. And, you know, you got to, you know, I mean, otherwise you wouldn't have a job if they were doing everything perfectly. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing, there's no reason to hire somebody like Ecomsy. But what is the abs, the, the most face palm event where you're just like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe these guys were were doing this like they have never negative matched a PPC keyword. Yeah, oh just something God. crazy. Can you is, is there anything you can think of like a, a funny story that, that yeah. you notice when you took on a, a client? Yeah, there are many. But I mean, for example, one that I can think on top of my mind is this guy that he was doing pretty decent. This guy was a, like a a seven figure seller, and 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 when we went inside his PPC, I mean, usually when you're doing seven figures, you expect people should have figured out how to do PPC, right? And we go inside and this guy had campaigns, manual campaigns, like this guy had a campaign with around 500 keywords on it. And the 500 keywords were all mixed between exact phrase and bro. So the, he, has the, he had the same keyword, exact phrase and bro in the same campaign and he didn't have any negative match. So it was like a carnival all the all over the place. It was madness. And and yes, that that's a very uh, easy example I can think. Another one is like, this other guy, um, also a very good product and, and branding, and they were doing also nice revenue, only doing automatic targeting. They and this, they've been doing friend, selling since 2015. They only had automatic campaigns that never test like, like product targeting, sponsor brand, sponsor display. Uh, we have seen even people without using uh, anything in the back end, no search terms, or having mm-hmm. the wrong subcategory. I mean, th- these are. Uh, yeah, crazy things like this all the time. And and it's it's crazy because when these people come to you and you see their revenue, you say, How you you came it you made it this far with all these mistakes and it's crazy, yeah. Yeah, 
Interesting, interesting. All right, <laughs> let's flip it so that instead of the horror stories, what is some cool success stories? You know, like, you know, somebody you, you know, you were able to help them with some strategies and they were able to to double their sales or or they just try this one thing and, you know, they brought in all this, you know, new traffic or, or some some kind of cool story that you can uh, share. Yeah, of course. So we have this um, supplement brand uh, that came to us and when they came to us, they were doing like half a million or so in revenue. So they were not very big. And the thing is, this was like a, a client that uh, bought the brand during the aggregator crazy period, right? The, mm -hmm. uh, there was a person that he had no clue about Amazon. They just bought this because his accountant said, oh, Amazon businesses are now hot. You, you should buy one, okay? And they bought this Amazon brand. They had no clue about Amazon. They came to us like, we just spent all this huge amount of money on buying this brand and we have no clue. We came in. And we had to redo everything from scratch because all the listings were breaking compliance, doing claims that weren't right. So we had to do all the images, listings, reapply for some of, uh, of, of their categories. On top of that, what we did is because they were doing only USA, we actually had them to expand to, to Europe as well. And now we actually also bring it into Walmart uh, on a span of around, yeah, Close to three years, they went from doing, as I say, close to half a million. Now they're close to hitting a uh, four million in revenue because of all these crazy things that uh, we did from scratch for them. Uh, so this is this is literally the power of doing things right because yep. these guys had no clue about Amazon, and we came in and we basically re remade the brand from scratch. And I think just to make an emphasis on this case study, one of the things that brought the most revenue for this brand was actually doing the international expansion. This is something I know people is scared about that because of taxes, because of the languages and all that. But please, guys, if you're the type of seller that you're already controlling 70% of a specific niche, even 60%, don't lose sleep of getting that extra 10 to 20%. Use the extra actual extra budget and effort to expand into other marketplaces because I feel Amazon, the easiest way to scale are two ways, either new marketplaces or more product. Uh, I feel there's always this, this sort of process for some sales that, oh, is I haven't reached my potential because I haven't found the perfect bid or the perfect keyword or the perfect placement. Sometimes the reality is that you risk certain level that that seed on specific niche and, and the best way to keep growing, just diversify. Don't don't lose sleep on on having the perfect tacos you know mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's my advice yeah I, I like perfect tacos but i'm talking about <laughs> the ones that i that i eat uh, uh carnitas carne asada you know yeah. anyways uh before we get into your your final tip your final strategy of the day um i just want to show people like how they can how they can reach out to you so guys just you know go to hub.helium10.com and then type in the search ecomcy e-c-o-m-c-y yeah. e and make sure you're signed into Helium 10, when you do it, because um, I didn't even realize this until I saw this. If you're signed into Helium 10, you can actually qualify here for a 10% a off uh, discount with them and a free consultation. But That's right. other than here, how can people uh, find you like on the interwebs, you know, maybe uh, and also your, your uh, podcast uh, too? Yeah, sure. So uh, the agency, if you look for it, comes in all the social media platforms, you're going to find us. My name, Vincenzo Toscano, on all the social media. I'm very active, ma mainly on LinkedIn, doing a lot of content there. And the podcast, if you're interested, is the e-commerce lab. Uh, and we also do uh, like two uh, episodes per week, also bringing experts from the field to talk Amazon-related stuff and e-commerce, yeah. All right, so now let's close it off with your your 
your 60 second tip or 60 second strategy uh what is something that you haven't you know you've been giving us strategies the whole day but what is something you haven't mentioned that that's kind of like a, a quick hitting a quick hitting one that you think people can can learn from yeah so when i when it comes to strategy is uh, something that we've seen a, a lot i know maybe you have heard this tip before but it's focusing on the second language of the country you're selling on so for example uh, something we're having a lot of success lately with our u.s brands is using spanish keywords in canada we're using french related keywords uh, for example in 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 Germany, there's a big population of, of Turkish people, Polish, and all of that. So there's a huge potential of using second uh, secondary languages on all these markets. And on top of that, what I would advise as well, uh, as an extra plus tip on, on top of this tip, in the U.S., for example, you can request your translation to be uh, updated, the Spanish one, because some of the translations that have been done if the listen is old, it was done with the old translation engine that Amazon had at the back end. So you can actually request Amazon to redo your translation. And this sometimes can help you a lot to re-index for some Spanish keyword that you're not indexing the first time and actually be more relevant for Spanish-related keywords. So that would be my tip. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on here. And, um, you know, it was fun to come on your podcast. Now now we, we've been on each other. So I'm sure we'll We'll do it again sometime uh, next year, and yeah. and I'm excited to see about this uh, case study uh, you've been working on with with the other team, and and we'll definitely uh, let everybody know when when that's ready as well. Yeah, it should be very interesting, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, and until the next one. Yeah. All right. I hope to see you maybe in Italy if you if you're gonna come yeah. when I go to this event I in will. September. So let's, let's meet in, in Milan. <laughs> All right. We'll see you then. See ya.